From cheating wives to really bad friends, we're taking a look back at our favorite DM911s of 2020. Plus, a sneak peek at all of the things we're excited to bring you in 2021. And we're sharing some exciting changes to News O'Clock. The date, December 30th, 2020. The time, News O'Clock. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Safford. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Okay, Zach, it is our last show of 2020. How did we get here? We have survived, Casey. We have made it to the end. <laughs> did we? Did we survive? <laughs> I mean, we have some hours left, so we're going to see. So before we find that out, as we all know, this has been a year. So today we are wrapping up our special week of 2020 year in review shows with one of our favorite reoccurring guests, Stephen Lacanti. Hello, Stephen. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year, almost. Yes, Happy New Year, almost. So, Stephen, you've been delighting us and our listeners all year with the surprising problems that people DM you and the amazing advice you give them. So we thought we'd revisit three of our favorites. How does that sound to you? Oh, my God. I'm nervous but excited. Let's do it. (laughs) I'm nervous, too. What did we say? How do we feel now? We'll find out. All right. Well, first up is this DM you got back in August. So let's go back in time and hear Casey explain the issue and your advice. writes that she invited a very close friend for a week at her and her husband's beach condo. But this friend has gotten blackout drunk every night. It escalated until the friend was flirting with this woman's husband, father-in-law, and brother-in-law. And she was blatantly looking for cocaine despite the brother-in-law's addiction issues. But she also is constantly upset that she can't find relationships. She wants to know, is it her place to say, your partying isn't attracting the men you're looking for? Okay, so I had, like, not the most positive reaction to the way this DM was phrased. I think it is absolutely your place to speak up as her close friend and to try to get her some professional help. It sounds like she might be dealing with, like, a serious substance abuse issue, and I do think you should help her with that. However, I would absolutely not frame this as a matter of attracting a man. There are so many important reasons why a person might need to get sober, but being attractive to a man is not one of them. Uh, This is a matter of your friend's mental health. This is a matter of your friend's physical health. Like, your friend's safety is at stake. Uh, Those are the reasons she should be getting help right now, not finding a man. So yeah, talk to her. Please talk to her. But leave out the relationship thing. It's not relevant. Okay, Stephen, what are you thinking? I'm having (laughs) thoughts right now. Okay, you know what? On the first one, I'm relieved. I feel like my advice ages well. Zach, (laughs) I don't think you were there for this episode, so you tell me, how did I do? You got me together. That whole point of we shouldn't be deciding things to be attracted to a man or attractive to a man. I'm calling my therapist after this. That was <laughs> that's you know, wonderful. Always, Thank you. It's always interesting when I get a letter from someone who has a problem, but it's clear that they don't even know what their problem is. Like in this case, this woman was thinking, my problem is that I have a friend who can't find a man. And it turns out her problem was my friend has a Coke addiction. So, you know, I'm always happy when I can like kind of like, <laughs> you know, recalibrate and like hopefully like point them in a better, more productive direction and say, actually, that's not your problem. This is your problem. You know, I actually think that's a really good point because I think like, okay, you know, a lot of people go to therapy, but that doesn't mean that they are now therapists. And I feel like a lot of friends feel that way where they'll be like, I know best. Here's how I'm going to help your life. And it's like, oh no, let's go seek a professional. 
Yes. But also, Stephen, the drag that you're like, wait, wait, you're thinking about a man, but the actual issue is substance abuse here. Refocus is chef's kiss. Thank you. That is so good. And also, you know, like addiction already has like enough stigma around it without adding a new one of like, it's not cute to boys. Okay, so Stephen, next up is another DM from August. Um, I guess we had a lot going on at the end of the summer. <laughs> but let's listen to how our dearly departed former co-host Hayes explained the situation and what advice you gave. Next, we have a message from someone whose neighborhood kind of sounds like it belongs on Bravo. It's a close-knit neighborhood where everyone is close enough to be like aunt-uncle-level family. Turns out, though, two of the wives are having an affair behind their husbands' backs. Even though they call it a special friendship, everyone in the neighborhood knows what's going on, except the husbands. So this person wants to know if they should tell the wives that everyone is in on the secret so that they can tell their husbands, or just let it be. Well, Hayes, as a big fan of Bravo, I totally agree with you. (laughs) Bravo must find this neighborhood. I would watch this show. Um, But honestly, I'll say first, like right off the bat, this whole thing sounds very gossipy. And I think the first thing that this person needs to do is acknowledge the fact that like there's a decent chance this isn't true or that it's being blown out of proportion or that it's like a partial truth, but there's more to the story than people realize. So first, you just need to acknowledge that like you think you know the whole story, but you might not. Uh, But even if it is true, I think you absolutely stay out of this. Unless you're going to be on the Bravo show, in which case, you know, make a big confrontation. Um, You know, we often don't really think of it this way, but being neighbors with someone is actually like a very intimate relationship. You're spending your daily lives in very close proximity with people. And that means you're going to occasionally see and hear things that are deeply personal and private. Um, And I think part of being a good neighbor means knowing when to mind your own business. I'll say this, uh, you do that for your neighbors. And I can pretty much bet that there have been a few times where they've done that for you. In your DM, you said you want to confront the women about this because everyone's gossiping about it and you just want to get everything out on the table. But I would argue that instead of upending two marriages and ruining potentially four people's lives so that you can gossip more openly. Maybe you could just like not gossip about it. Um, You don't have nearly enough information to really know what's going on. And luckily you don't have to find out. This is not your marriage, not your problem, not your business. I think you should leave this one alone. Oh, Stephen, always solid advice. Would you add anything onto it? Take anything away? Okay, there's one thing I would add, but I'm going to get to that in a second. I just have to say what I love about this letter writer is that I feel like I relate to it because she wants so badly to like blow up like two marriages so that she can gossip more freely, which is like, it's wrong and she shouldn't do it, but I get it. Can we just make a quick note here though, that all this messy drama is happening in a pandemic. Like these people are all like bouncing from house to house. And drama in a <laughs> I didn't even think about I that. Last time. I just hope they're like keeping six feet of space while they gossip. This is the one piece that I would add. One thing that I wish I'd been more specific about when I say that part of being a good neighbor means knowing when to butt out, I want to flag that like there could be a time when you're going to see or witness something that's actually troubling, like abuse or domestic violence or something. And my position is not that you just stay out of your neighbor's life entirely and you pretend you don't see anything. I feel like I should have been more clear about that. An affair seems like the kind of thing, or a possible affair seems like the kind of thing that you stay out of. But also part of me, a good neighbor, may often involve intervening. Okay, finally, (laughs) we have a DM from October. Let's hear how Casey explained it and what Stephen thought the person involved should do. 
All right. And moving on to the last one. A woman whose boyfriend has moved in with his ex-wife. He says he did it to save on rent and spend more time with his kids. She went along with it at first, but then he decided to renew the lease without even checking with her. The couple's been dating for a year and a half. She says she loves and trusts him, but is wondering if it's just smarter to end things and move on to a less complicated relationship. Okay, I think the biggest question I have here is whether you've ever articulated this discomfort to your boyfriend before and also how you've articulated the discomfort. So let's start with this. If you've told him plainly and clearly that this arrangement with his ex-wife makes you uncomfortable, then I think his signing the new lease with her without even giving you so much as a heads up shows that he doesn't particularly care about your feelings. That to me would be a perfectly valid reason to walk away from this. But if you haven't brought this up with him before, if you haven't directly told him that you're uncomfortable with this, if you've just privately stewed about it on your own and hoped your boyfriend would move out on his own accord, then I think the first thing you need to do is have that conversation. And I mean directly and clearly, not through like, passive aggressive comments, but actually being like, I don't like that you live here. I'd like you to move out. Um, You've been dating for a year and a half. I think that's a reasonable request for you to make at this point. I'll say this. Your boyfriend has put himself in a very complicated living situation. I'm not going to make a value judgment for him about whether it's a good or bad situation because there are kids involved here and maybe this really is what he needs to do right now as a parent. I can't evaluate whether it's good or bad. But what I can say is it's very complicated. Maybe it's right for him. That doesn't mean it has to be right for you. And he just signed on for another year. That's a very long time, especially for a relationship that's only a year and a half old. Add on a whole other year of this. If you're miserable now, it's not likely to get better within the next year. If you just can't do this, then you can't do it. And I don't think anyone listening to this podcast would fault you for that. If you can't do this, you can't do it. Woo, you got some phrases, Stephen. Okay, so how do you feel about this advice here again now? Well, you know, listening to it back, this is probably when you boil it down to like the bare bones of what it is. This is just a matter of, you know, someone not talking to their significant other about something they need to talk to them about. And a lot of the advice I give really just boils down to like, talk to your partner. I would also say I have friends and family who listen to this and they, they will sometimes give me feedback and tell me where they think I went wrong. I remember that this one, a couple of people said I was wrong, not to specifically like call out that like, it's bad that he was living with his ex-wife. How can you like treat that? Like it could be normal, but I kind of stand by it. I maintain that in certain co-parenting situations, it may make sense to do. And of course, when you are a parent, your children do have to come before your relationship sometimes. So I stand by the fact that it's not about good or bad. It's just about if their needs are compatible. Okay, Stephen, before we say goodbye for the last time in 2020, it's been a really rough year for everyone. Do you have any advice for us on the best way to say goodbye to 2020 and move on into 2021? I think the interesting thing about 2021 is that it looks like the year is going to be divided into two very distinct chunks. The first is, of course, a continuation of the pandemic era. And then the second chunk of next year will be our first steps into like a post-COVID world. My advice is going to focus exclusively on the first half of 2021, because I think that's where the advice is most useful and most necessary. From January of this coming year, all the way through like maybe the summer, it looks like life is going to be a lot more of the same, right? 
it is probably not going to be the greatest time in our lives. My advice for this last stretch of pandemic life is to find and plan joy anyway. I mean, if you ask anyone what their plans for 2021 are, they usually start talking about like the 10,000 weddings, parties, vacations, and family reunions that they hope they can be doing next fall. That's an understandable impulse, and it's one I've had too, but I don't think it's healthy or productive. So this seems like a good time at the end of 2020, going into 2021, to remind ourselves to continue living our lives with intention and to recognize that this time we spend in quarantine is real. And when we look back in the rearview mirror someday, this time is going to be a significant chunk of our lives. So tend to your quarantine life in 2021. And instead of postponing all your joy until the pandemic is over, I hope you can find ways to build it into your life now. Do something you've always wanted to do in January. Paint your bedroom a wild color in February. Go on a solo road trip in March. Find joy wherever you can. And where you can't find it organically, plant it, plan it, carve it, create it, put it on the calendar. Oh, and a bonus piece of advice for 2021, eventually it will be your turn to get the vaccine. Please get it. Steven, you're going to make me cry. Don't cry. <laughs> I, I needed to hear that. That was beautiful. What I love about what you just said, Stephen, is that I'm a deep believer that joy is political. I think that we live in a world that says, like, especially us as like queer people in the world and, and all the various fin- minorities that we all fit into, and that like to be happy is something that we have to fight for every day. And so, like, when you're saying choose happiness, choose to find it even when the world's telling you not to, I think that's just radical and wonderful and what we all should be standing in. So, thank you for giving us a mantra for 2021. Of course. Yes, thank you so much, Stephen. It's time for a quick break, but when we come back, we have a special preview of what we're looking forward to in the new year, plus a preview of what we'll be bringing you on this show in 2021. Stick around. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO, and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played with Chuck Bass. I just can't believe that I did that with my life. Jay, we had like the most amazing time. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. After 30 years, it's time to return to the halls of West Beverly High and hang out at the Peach Pit. On the podcast 9021OMG, join Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling for a rewatch of the hit series Beverly Hills 90210 from the very beginning. We get to tell the fans all of the behind-the-scenes stories that actually happened. So they know what happened on camera, obviously, but we can tell them all the good stuff that happened off camera. Get all the juicy details of every episode that you've been wondering about for decades as 90210 
superfan and radio host Sissini sits in with Jenny and Tori to reminisce, reflect, and relive each moment from Brandon and Kelly's first kiss to shouting, Donna Martin graduates. You have an amazing memory. You remember everything about the entire 10 years that we filmed that show. And you remember absolutely nothing of the 10 years that we filmed that show. <laughs> Listen to 9021 OMG on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Today on our very last episode of 2020, we wanted to wrap up this year by talking about what we're going to bring you next year. That's right. Starting next Monday, our show will have a new look, a new name, and a new focus for what we're talking about every day. We're excited to announce that in the new year, News O'Clock will become BuzzFeed Daily. We're keeping everything you love about the podcast, including me and Zach, but bringing you so much more. More pop culture, more entertainment stories, and more influencer drama. We'll be doing deep dives on the debates that are dividing the internet and the viral moments that are bringing us much-needed joy. And there's so much we can't wait to share with you. In fact, we're going to tell you about some of it right now. So Casey, what are you looking forward to talking about in 2021? Honestly, everything that I'm looking forward to is probably not going to come to you as a surprise. I'm looking forward to... Honestly, the Real Housewives coverage of the pandemic, because this is reality TV at its finest, like legit reality. Um, I am excited for the Oscars. What's it going to look like this year? The Oscars and the Super Bowl happened before COVID last time. So we I'm like, what is it going to look like? And then I am so intrigued. I know we've talked about it on the show like twice before, but I want to I'm going to be following the pandemic baby boom like extremely closely. 100. Do we have a name for these babies yet? Do they have like a code name? Like I don't P know. Babies? Are they literally going to be Gen P? Gen P? <laughs> Wait, Gen P is so good. Oh my God, that works on so many levels. I don't know. I'm scared. I, are... I personally think that a lot of Gemini babies are about to be born. I have, I'm not even joking, two friends that are due on the same day in May. I just shivered at the idea of there being more <laughs> Geminis in the world. I... Casey, I don't want to go into 2021. Never mind. This was a joke. This is a bad idea. <laughs> but we have to, Zach. So now I need to hear what you're excited about for 2021. Okay. I have one thing that I think universally we would all be so excited about if it happened. And I think it will finally happen. And that is that Rihanna herself will finally drop R9. I think it's happening. I, I think, think this is right. our year. I think this is when it's happening. I had heard a rumor, and you guys, you can quote me all day, and I'll continue to say it was speculation, but the rumor, the idea I've heard on the streets is that Rihanna was just going to wait until we were in a post-Trump world that she would drop this album. And, you know, this is not substantiated. This is just something people like to joke about. But I do believe it. I think she'll finally give us this gift, and it will be the soundtrack to our new, new chapter in America, and I'm so excited about that. But the other thing, you know, also speaking of a post-Trump world, is that I'm really excited to see cultural events return back to the White House. I don't know if you remember, but under Obama, Beyonce performed at the inauguration, Patti LaBelle, all this stuff. It was very normal to see huge stars show up, like the cast of Hamilton. They showed up three times, I believe, and did performances there. And I think under a Biden administration, we're going to see the return of culture back inside the White House and in D.C. And I, for one, love it because that is free. It's federally funded. You can watch it on PBS. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. I never thought about that. You are correct. <laughs> and now I can't wait. <laughs> All right, everyone. That's a wrap on 2020. Make sure you join us next year on January 4th to kick off BuzzFeed Daily. And remember, this year is over. That's it. That's the tweet. Confidence. News O'Clock is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, Julia Karen, and Erica Nedanine. 
Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mangesha Ticketer, Samantha Hinnick, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for even more of what you love about us here at BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Peacock streaming new movies every week at PeacockTV.com. We'll have the biggest movies from the Twilight Saga to Selma and Bad Boys 1 and 2. Bad Boys for life. All your favorite movies like Die Hard, The Matrix Trilogy, and Good Will Hunting. That's the good stuff. Plus, movies the whole family will love. How to Train Your Dragon, the Harry Potter film series, Brilliant. and Shrek 1 and 2. It's so good to be home. With tons of blockbuster hits you can't not watch. Sign up at PeacockTV.com. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm so excited to be back with a third season of You and Me Both. When I started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. And here's what I know. We cannot get through this alone. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. This season, I'll be talking about the state of our democracy with experts and with people organizing on the ground. We'll draw inspiration from some amazing people like Olympic star Allison Felix and Grammy Award winner Brandi Carlisle. And we'll get into the hard stuff with writer Cheryl Strayed and my dear friend and colleague Huma Abedin. So join us, listen to you and me both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house... It's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeart Ad Builder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com.